This is the Software and Technology Podcast, your B2B show for the best thought leadership in the industry, bringing you information, education, and inspiration, only on MarketScale. The more diversity of thought of the people working at tech companies, the better. The blockchain idea was around 91, the same idea of in a digital world, we need verifiable documents. Hello, everyone. I'm Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B, and welcome to another Market Scale podcast. Today, we're going to be chatting with Mike Lee. He's a territory account manager, specifically covering Texas and Oklahoma, for NCR, the National Cash Register Company. Though NCR is no longer just a cash register company, it's actually its transformation has been very, very interesting and very unique, uh, staying ahead of the curve to provide digital financial solutions now instead of just cash registers. So being part of this innovative company, Mike is going to come on the podcast and give us a breakdown for what does the state of digital financial solutions look like today and how are they servicing everything from Chick-fil-A to interactive teller machines. Mike, great to have you on the podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Daniel, and uh, thanks for the opportunity to, to speak with you today. Absolutely. Always a pleasure to chat about innovative solutions in some of my favorite markets. I love seeing when tech can really influence the food and beverage and the hospitality market, mostly because Everyone needs a place to stay. Everyone goes out to eat, you know, so those are technologies that we interact with very frequently. So when something shakes that up, I think it's um, it's a bold move. And when it pays off successfully, then, you know, you get to see a whole industry transform before your very eyes. So let's go ahead and start by detailing NCR's transition from a cash register company to the more digital-centric company that it is today. I think this is important to dissect uh, so we get a better sense for why NCR made that move and what they saw that was promising in this digital technology. Sure. So uh, first of all, Daniel, there's probably several generations of consumers out there that would not recognize uh, NCR if we called it National Cash Register. you know, we started the, in, in the 1850s uh, doing cash registers uh, back in uh, Dayton, Ohio. But uh, today, and probably for the last 25 or 30 years, the company's been called NCR. And for old guys like me, I remember when they were called National Cash Register. But there's generations of people today that would not recognize that National Cash Register name. And so it's been a very interesting uh, progression from the 1850s when they were building cash registers today uh, to today where we have solutions that are in the forefront of the transition to a digital world, whether we like it or not, uh, we're connected to our phone and consumers today wanna do things conveniently. And many times uh, it's on their phone and in the future it's going to be on their phone even more. Um, So today, if you talk about some of the things that NCR does today, uh, you mentioned Chick-fil-A. Uh, if you got on your phone and uh, wanted to order Chick-fil-A off the Chick-fil-A app, that's an NCR solution. Or if on the way to the office in the morning, you were going to stop at a Krispy Kreme donut shop and you ordered off the phone, that's also an NCR solution. So uh, about a dozen years ago, uh, the people that were running the company recognized that sort of the focus that we had in, in the financial marketplace 
and somewhat in the retail space as well, um, that, that the world was changing and the internet was changing the way people uh, wanted to do business. And particularly in my space, the financial space, um, we've been talking about branches, bank branches transforming for 25 or 30 years. And it really has just been very recently where you started to see uh, technology change the way uh, financial institutions look uh, when you go there in person and then the way you interact with them uh, digitally, whether it's on your phone and you take a picture of a check and, and you deposit it uh, by sending it to the bank or credit union, uh, or if you get on the internet and you're paying your bills online. So there's been a tremendous move and it's happened really very quickly. And I think the next five years is probably going to uh, move just as fast. So what motivated NCR to, I guess, push the company image, push the company function, and really just the core of what NCR stood for from being the national cash register company to being more digital centric? And what was that transition like? Uh, Were there a lot of pain points? Was it a pretty simple, smooth transition over? And what kind of success has NCR seen because of that move? Well, the move, ha- the move to this digital world that we're in has been very successful for NCR. Uh, the president of the company, a gentleman by the name of Bill Nudie, who just retired last year uh, in the early 2000s, had the vision to see where technology was going to you know, take, take all of us, right? Not just NCR, but um, he could see that down the road, um, and I'll speak to the bank area where I'm at, um, you know, branches were, were going to be fewer branches. They were going to look differently. And, uh, and it was the same way in sort of the retail and hospitality areas that we're in. And anytime you try to take a company from 1850 to, you know, 2019, uh, yeah, there's bumps along the road. Um, NCR uh, purchased another, uh, a number of companies. Um, instead of trying to develop things on their own. So in the financial marketplace, we bought a company that was called Eugenius, and it was the company that developed uh, today what we call the interactive teller machine. It's basically an ATM uh, that can be placed anywhere, and uh, it has connectivity to a call center where uh, whoever wants to use it can uh, hit a button on the um, ITM screen and it will connect you back to that call center. A teller will appear, and that teller will do whatever transaction you might need to do, just as if you were standing across from uh, him or her at the teller line in a bank. And it's allowed financial institutions to expand their coverage. Uh, We have ITMs in places like hospitals, on university campuses, uh, in industrial complexes, in large office buildings, Um, You can place them wherever your customers might be or into markets where you aren't today, but you want to go and you don't want to spend $2 million to build a branch for much, much less money. You can place an ITM and start to develop a new set of customers or service those ones you service today. Right. It's that intersection of bringing personal customer service, but also providing the ease of access of our digital world. That's correct. In fact, we talk about um, providing for financial institutions the opportunity for their customers or members to bank when, where, and how they want. So if you want to go to the bank branch, uh, you can use an NCR um, 
ATM or an NCR interactive teller machine. If you want to bank uh, from home uh, off your computer, uh, we have a company called Digital Insight that is a uh, mobile banking platform. Uh, so they have an app that you could um, uh, put your bank's name on. Um, and they also have a, a web-based internet banking solution. So if you want to bank from home, you can. Um, and then, you know, we also have the ITMs that I talked about that allow financial institutions to place those units anywhere they want so that they can reach their customers and their members. I'm glad you're digging into the financial market and the use of this digital technology to service the banking industry and other aspects of the financial industry, because I think we've really seen a trend for the market to personalize itself more and to provide service technology and self-service technology anywhere and everywhere, from the phone to the ITM, whatever that may be. What kind of pressure are you seeing within the financial industry um, to move forward on digital initiatives? Um, are you seeing some banks or some companies get left in the dust because they're not transitioning? Um, are you seeing a push from the consumer and that's what's driving the change? Or is it all internal? Give us sort of a, a status update on the industry. Sure. Uh, and that's a great, great question. So there are a number of things press, uh, pressuring financial institutions uh, to react to the changing environment that they, that they find themselves in. So um, it kind of starts with the leadership of the national banks, the Bank of Americas, the, uh, the Chases, the Wells, Wells Fargo's. They have the financial resources to, uh, to move to these newer technologies uh, quicker and faster uh, than a regional bank or a, or a credit union. And when they do those things, they do put pressure on uh, the local and regional financial institutions to react. Um, if, if you think back, uh, it's probably been 15 years ago or so, you saw Bank of America commercials all the time uh, showing the ability to deposit checks at an ATM. And so they kind of drove the adoption of taking deposits at the ATM and um, and forced other financial institutions to follow along. Um, and the same goes with uh, this interactive teller technology. Um, Bank of America, Chase, Wells Fargo, they were some of the first people to deploy the technology. And it does a couple of things for them, right? It adds convenience so their customers can bank, like I said, when, where, and how they want. Um, and the other thing, it, it potentially reduces their cost structure. I go into banks all the time that have a traditional bank teller line with uh, slots for four or five tellers, and maybe there's one or two tellers in there. So this technology is allowing banks to build smaller footprint branches. Uh, you'll see banks go into a strip center with a thousand square feet, um, and instead of building a two or $3 million branch, uh, that's 3,500 square feet. So um, all financial institutions have to react to um, you know, what's taking place in the industry uh, from a technology perspective. And the other thing, you know, the federal government has done a lot of things to make it harder uh, for financial institutions to generate fee income. Um, you know, it hasn't been that long ago that you heard a lot about overdraft fees and things like that. The federal government's made it much more difficult for banks to generate fee income. So they have to get more efficient and, and then the next phase that they have to look at is sort of the generation X and Y, and I probably don't even have the right 
letters attached to the generations anymore. <laughs> There's but, too many to count at this point. That's right. There are. Uh, but you go to financial institutions and they have a great um, relationship with 50-year-olds and above. Um, what they're struggling with is how do I get that millennial to come to my bank? Uh, millennials don't necessarily like to go into the bank. Uh, they like to do things on their phone because they can they can order their lunch on the phone. They can book an airline ticket on the phone. They can um, go to Fandango. And by the way, that's an NCR app and get their uh, movie tickets. Uh, they Something want- I'm probably going to be doing later today, actually. Awesome. <laughs> so shout out NCR. Yeah. There you go. Um, and they want to bank off of their phone. So um, they have to react to uh, the changing demographics in the world. And uh, there is still a tremendous amount of activity, though, in the branches. And for years in this space that I'm in, you've heard that, that cash is, is dying. And that's clearly not the case. Um, transaction volume at ATMs may be going down, but the volume of cash being dispensed through ATMs and through the bank teller line is actually going up. So, um, you know, for my future in the ATM and ITM industry, there's clearly a need for what we do, and it's going to continue to be that way uh, for the foreseeable future. So something that comes to mind with this transformation within the financial industry is the security side of things, because like you're saying, there's a lot of internal pressure, um, a lot of gubernatorial pressure, and also just customer pressure for banks and other financial institutions to bring that digital accessibility to their customers. Um, And so I think if it's not done intentionally and it's not done properly, you could be bringing in tech or you could be, you know, laying your framework for your bank um, to not be as secure as possible. Um, Because, I mean, any connectivity you add to the framework, any connectivity you add between customer and the financial institution via some app, it opens up new windows for bad actors to get in there and potentially hack information, um, potentially intercept payments, etc. So how are you seeing the security side of this conversation play out? Is it a... mm, Is it a focused part of the conversation? Is it something that is often talked about as a secondary aspect of this transformation? And have you seen any institutions take the leap, not do it correctly, and then pay the consequences? Yeah, that's that's another great question, the security surrounding the financial institution today. And and that's probably fodder for a whole podcast in itself. Uh, But in the old days, a bank was was secure by building... um, you know, a front door that was hard to get into by having cameras uh, that would catch you as you made your way in. Um, If you were able to get in, then you had this great big vault door that would take hours to drill through. uh, Or if you try to dig a tunnel under it, um, there were sensors that would capture all of that. So uh, the security wasn't just the vault door. There were steps along the way uh, that you had to get past to get to the money. It's very similar in a digital world. And Absolutely, security is a huge piece of the conversation uh, when we're talking to financial institutions today. Um, the security of the data uh, that uh, that we capture uh, when we do transactions. So at, as an example, if you go back to depositing a check at an ATM or an ITM, um, we capture an image of that check um, and we can actually put an image of that check on the receipt for you. So you're 
very comfortable that the ATM or ITM got that deposit. When we do that and we print the receipt out, the micro line that identifies your account number and all that, it's blacked out so that if you throw the receipt away or, or you leave it, um, no one can get your account information. So from simple things like that to the rest of the security that goes around these digital transactions, it's a very big component of what takes place uh, in this move to the digital world. Um, you know, you, you, you would think that, well, digital's a little safer. I don't have to worry about getting uh, robbed, um, but you get robbed in a different way. Uh, the bad guys never quit trying to think of new ways uh, to do their thing, right? And so it is a big part of the conversation. Uh, there are a set of compliances um, around how um, ATMs and other uh, technology has to function uh, so that when you uh, put your PIN into an ATM or an ITM, uh, that PIN is encrypted so that people can't try to capture that data. But that doesn't stop the bad guys uh, from trying to put skimmers on the card reader um, and capturing information that way. So you have to be vigilant every day if you're a financial institution and if you're a manufacturer of ATMs or of digital solutions, you have groups of people who do nothing but every day uh, look at what's happening um, in, in the world today and then try to um, project what the bad guys are going to do next and try to stay ahead of them if you can. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's a it's a tricky aspect of the financial world, but I also don't expect any less from the larger institutions. You know, I, I don't think your Chase banks, even your legacy Texas banks of the world are going to make a big shift towards a new app or an ITM machine that replaces a branch without knowing that the security around that change is down pat, you know, and is is going to be difficult to bust open. Um, you know, there's there's no point in making that change if if you're not confident that it's going to be successful. So I, I, I feel like, yeah, I agree with you. I think the security part of the conversation has always been there and will continue to be there and will be paramount for every next step of this uh, digital evolution. But for the last point I wanted to bring up, I think another issue is that once you get into this digital world, you often have to update infrastructure much more frequently because technology it evolves at breakneck speed. So like you were saying, banks where you've got five teller windows, well, they've probably been like that for, I mean, the last 50 years, and that general structure at least has been around for 150 years, right? The teller window. Now we break into ITMs. We break into the idea of um, application-based digital transactions. Okay, yeah, much more accessible. But what about the infrastructure, the firmware, the software behind everything, that is something that needs to be consistently updated. And especially when you have something like an ITM, which is a physical structure that is meant to be up to date, it's meant to be accessible, but the operating system that it runs on in you know four or five years becomes outdated. Now you have to go to every single ITM, update the operating system make sure that it still functions on the new operating system and and it creates um it creates a strange sense of always having to be fixing something that you already thought was done you know what i mean yeah uh, i do understand what you're talking about there and and so right from the the get-go uh, in this 
session here that we're talking about right now. Back in, you know, five years ago, 10 years ago, uh, when we called on financial institutions, a lot of time we were talking to the facilities people, right? The people that actually build the branch. Uh, today, in every conversation that we have, you have the IT department in there, right? Those guys that understand the security uh, around whatever the application might be. And, um, you know, ATMs have been around for 50 years. We've had, you know, a few big changes over the last 50 years. Probably the most recent one is, you know, the ability to deposit check and cash at the ATM. You know, that's, that's pretty much proliferated everywhere. Uh, ITMs are much more a living and breathing uh, solution, um, and they have the ability to do so many more things. So um, you're going to constantly see uh, new features uh, being deployed at an ITM as the networks that support the financial institutions uh, allow us to do more things. As an example, staging a transaction on your phone and going to the ITM and withdrawing the cash without having to have your card um, or inserting, um, you know, inserting the card into the card reader. Uh, the machine will detect that you're there from your phone um, and it will deposit the, or, or let you withdraw the hundred bucks that you had pre-staged. Um, so there's a lot of functionality like that that maybe isn't at the ITM yet, but that people are working on. And that those additional functions are going to continue to be added as time goes on. And, and you're right, that is going to cause uh, constant updates of software. The great thing is today, we don't necessarily have to go to the ITM. We can do it remotely. So you, you can change, you know, uh, somebody's 25 ITMs overnight instead of sending a technician there um, and um, spending four hours or whatever doing an upgrade. So there's still that infrastructure that needs to be swapped out, but the process of doing it obviously is getting easier, though, you know, I think there's still more consistent maintenance that needs to be done as you transform an entire industry to become digital. So it'll be interesting to see how companies like NCR continue to lead the charge for digital transformation in the financial industry and just seeing how the industry continues to react to those internal and external pressures. So Mike, I'd really like to thank you for joining us on the podcast, giving us your insight on really the status of this digital transformation within the financial industry. Always appreciate your quality insight and look forward to having you back on. Thanks, Daniel. I've enjoyed this. And uh, as your listeners are out and about um, in hospitality environments, whether it's a hotel or Home Depot or Kroger or their local bank, look for the NCR green logo. I, I'm pretty sure you'll see it. Well, I'll definitely be keeping an eye out for it when I'm ordering those movie tickets off Fandango today. All right, great. I love it. All right, thanks again, Mike.